0: Welcome to Health Law Talk, presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Health law broken down through expert discussion, real client issues, and real life experiences. Breaking barriers to understanding complex healthcare issues is our job.
1: And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Health Law Talk here at Shahardi Sherman Williams. Uh, in the station today, uh, your wonderful attorney, healthcare attorney host, Conrad Meyer, Rory Bellina. Good afternoon, everyone. And today, you know, it's been a slow start to the year. We ad- we admit that. But today, we, we felt it was necessary to come on and, and do a show uh, on the... Uh, on the decision recently, or the leaked—not even—I can't even call it a decision, but the leaked opinion uh, in the uh, in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, the, the case that now everyone is claiming could overturn Roe v. Wade. So, uh, interesting situation, Rory. Yeah, I think we were all,
2: you know, uh, all either you know following the news or watching TV. I think this was Monday night when it came out that there was a leaked decision that Politico got a copy of, and then the decision made it out there, and it was. You know, roughly 100 pages, and from what we can tell, it was a first draft that was circulated uh, internally by the justices in February of this year, so we don't know anything more than that. Uh, the chief justice came out and spoke this week and said that, yes, this was a draft opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really say more than that, besides directing the U.S. Marshals to open an investigation on how it was leaked. Um, I don't remember this ever happening in my life, but uh, regardless... It went from there, and it, but the, the court's kind of been silent since then, and, and everyone expected them to come with a decision on this in June, you know, right before they kind of took their break, but um, here it is. And so everyone's had a chance to dissect it, and we thought we would do it and and try to focus on it as much as possible from a healthcare perspective.
1: Well, and, and also from a legal posture perspective, and honestly, from both a healthcare and legally you know, from a from just a legal because sometimes I think that that gets lost. I mean, when you, you know, you mentioned a moment ago about a leaked opinion and, and you haven't seen that in your lifetime. I haven't seen it either. And as lawyers, I sat there and I watched the TV with my. I was in awe. Honestly, I could not believe what I was seeing. I I clerked at, in in federal court for a federal judge. Um, uh, you know, not a I say I worked. As a research attorney for a federal judge, and, and while I was there, uh, the very first day I walked in that courtroom, he told he brought me to chambers and said, "What goes on in my chambers, what goes on in my courtroom, stays in my courtroom. You don't say anything, you don't do anything, you know. Everything stays in house." So I've always assumed that, especially you know, to honor the institution, the integrity of the institution, and what I saw in this leaked opinion just blew me away. Sure, and it's not just a.
2: A screenshot or it's the yeah, whole or, opinion. Or, or pictures of it i mean it's in the official formatting and font i mean this you could tell that this was prepared by a law clerk and it, this is a draft that went around so mm-hmm. you know um it, it it's really interesting that it happened but moving on from that point i think it's important that we look at you know what it says what right. it references regarding roe and casey and then how you know, I'd like to talk about how we see this affecting healthcare going forward.
1: Well, I, and I agree with that. So first, focus to your point on that on the first point about how it affected Roe and Casey. Uh, I see a lot of people commenting on this, and they have no idea what it means. They think they know. They talk. They think they they understand it, but you, you know that somehow now this is going to ban abortions, and it, it's all done. It, and that's not exactly what it did. It it it, it basically analyzed Roe and Casey decisions and. And, and looked at Roe as a, as a, quote, exercise of raw judicial power, meaning that, that it took away the state's rights to vote on what they believe was state issues, and it created its own, I guess, its own paradigm, its own rule uh, for, for, regarding the abortions. And what uh, the analysis on the Roe and the Casey case said that there was nothing in the Constitution about that, there was nothing that ever specifically said uh, a right to an abortion uh, in the constitution and that roe created this right this and and pulled the right of states to vote on it away from the states and so uh, when looking at roe and casey this opinion basically grants the states to determine its own course
2: yeah i think that that was really important you know a lot of the I think a lot of the media tried to distill or water it down when this opinion was leaked out as, you know, kind of what's like the big point or what's like the big, the the big caption that's going to capture attention. And everyone said that this is going to. Ban abortions, or this is going to—you're not going to be. You'll go to jail if you have an abortion. But no. that—that's not really it. And I think it's important that you go back and you look at Roe, which was, I believe, seventy-three. That's it was, right. It was late '69 when it was when it was eventually brought through the courts and argued. And you know that was the '70s. That was that Vietnam, post-Vietnam era. And a lot was going on. The plaintiff in the case—it's a—it's a pseudonym for it, Jane Rowe. instead of doing John Doe—they did Jane Roe. Um, but but it was all about was it a constitutional right for a a pregnant female to have an abortion at the time? And that's kind of what the the case hinged on in Roe. And the Supreme Court at that time decided that it was a a constitutional right. Um, you know, essentially for a woman to make that decision. And, and that went along for a long time. I think Casey didn't come along until uh, eight, was it was 92, maybe. I think it was, it was 20 or 10 or 20 years later. It took a while for, for Casey to come around, but but all that it did was it said that it was a constitutional right. So it kind of, like you mentioned, took away the power from the states and, and put this in place. And then Casey came along and kind of put in this, undue burden test, uh, which if we were doing a con law podcast, we could talk about that for numerous episodes, um, you know, and they had in there these different criteria and the, in Casey, the undue burden was, I believe it, it, was, it was telling your husband was the one that was undue, an undue burden. And then now we have uh, this one out of Mississippi that went through the 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 Jackson's Women's
1: Health Organization. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, I mean, and to your point, to Casey, it talked about undue burden, and they were trying to see, they were hoping, I think, in Roe and Casey, to sort of have have you know this very divisive issue uh, seem to flush out, and it never seemed to flush out because states kept on doing uh, enacting different laws. Uh, in there, within that state, uh, that might that 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 sort of half addressed or you know got, try to get around Casey, if you will. And so now, now this is very interesting. This case, this Jackson uh, Women's Health Organization put together a, a new law in Mississippi, and the argument I think from the government was, "Hey, you can't really slice and dice this anymore. You either have to overrule mm-hmm. Roe." you know, or, yeah. or affirm it going yeah. forward. There's no more half measures.
2: And that was really, I thought that was a really unique strategy and, and if this decision holds true, I'm sure the uh, the people that, that, I believe Jackson in this case was the, the health clinic or the health organization, in this case, they might regret doing that because they said in their arguments, there were snippets of their oral arguments in the Supreme Court, that they essentially told the Supreme Court, we can't have it in the middle anymore, you either have to overturn Roe or you have to affirm it
1: or reaffirm it. Because really. remember, the, the Mississippi rule, the law was, was that um, there w- it would prohibit abortions uh, after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And so the argument from the government was, well, wait a minute. If if we allow the, um, if, you know, you, you, oh, sorry, the, the Supreme Court draft opinion was, if we allow this to go forward, then, then technically uh, it would be no different than overruling Roe and Casey anyway. Sure. So it came down to this, well, do we overrule Roe Ro and Casey or not? And that's what the decision was. And of course, as as the draft opinion, again, not not a not a binding opinion, it's right. just a draft opinion. Uh, quote: We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. And they say that they go further to say that uh, uh, Alito says the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. And then they go through the analysis of of okay, there's a there's a, a prong test mm-hmm. to determine. Whether or not abortion is held in our national traditions and and in history, and some uh, some sort of a prong test, and um, and ultimately they decided that it did not. Right. And so the question is 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 and I see it uh, from a legal pur- pure legal perspective. Take the substances out of, of Roe v. Wade, right, and, and put another issue on it. Right. Do states have the right to democratically decide? the issues that they want to either ban or let go forward or not. And and what's really,
2: I keep saying what's really interesting, so that a few times already I keep thinking of more things that are interesting, is that states have been doing that in the background f- for years. I think we're up to possibly 16 states right now that have already enacted legislation i think it's being called in the news like a trigger effect Uh, not 16 26 26 i'm sorry 26 states. the triggering the trigger so the moment that if this were to be overturned Mm -hmm. uh, it's already there you know the groundwork has already been done so right right you know i think that's a really important part that that we've everyone has kind of relied on roe as this backstop to protect them but states have have moved past it and we're kind of split down the middle with 26 states Uh, Already, you know, making progress and and deciding that they want to enact legislation that will ban or prohibit certain types of abortions, you know, pending if Roe were ever to be overturned, which, according to this draft, it looks like it's going to
1: happen. And see, here's what I follow a lot of the news media and people who are just, you know, going off the rails and not really reading the opinion because it clearly states in the in the draft opinion, quote, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to, to the people's elected representatives. I mean, you know, what, what more democratic way to decide whether or not you want are for or against this within your state and using the democratic process to vote for people that would then vote your the people's will. Exactly, and I think that's very important to hit
2: on, that this is not banning abortions or this is not prohibiting abortions it's returning the choice to each state to decide how that state wants to govern itself on this topic. And
1: Alito's in Alito's draft opinion actually does that. You know, Alito's opinion actually um, does that. I think if you if you if you look at Alito's opinion, I would tell you that it, quote The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved, like most important questions in our democracy, by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. That is what the Constitution and the rule of law demand. So if you're a pure democracy type of person, which I, I don't think anyone would argue that you're not, we're not for the democratic process, we're not for democracy. Then, from a pure legal argument, take away the fact that it deals with abortions. It could be any other issue that may be federally legislated. You know, similar. Then to have the, the this opinion return the right to govern themselves to the states, I think is a very important legal legal issue. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and it, it really comes in an interesting time that you know we're we're coming out of COVID, we're coming out of a lot of the vaccination requirements and and. Um, you know, restrictions, we had workplace, CMS workplace, we had private employer, all that. It's really an interesting time that they're, they're picking up such a big case because, you know, a lot of Roe first and foremost, or this case is, is really a con law question, but it also hinges very heavily on healthcare and what the government does allow or doesn't allow you to choose to do. To yourself or, or to your own body um uh, and then obviously with states so it's it's an interesting time i think it was uh you know it, it could be coincidental or not that it's coming after after covid but um it, regardless i think it's got big effects on healthcare systems and healthcare providers i know you were talking about you and i were talking about that a lot offline uh, yeah, on, before the show yeah how is this going to proceed so let's just assume we'll be very clear that this is a draft opinion but let's assume that it's a five to four vote, and essentially, rows over overturned. Right. So let's assume that that occurs. You know, what do we see? In, and we could talk about Louisiana, but then nationwide, and, and I don't know all 26 states what their what their procedures are. But at least here in Louisiana, we know that there's some there's some things that will kind of happen immediately, like these trigger effects that they talk about.
1: Well, I mean, you have to look at the individual state laws, and you have to see what states have these quote trigger laws in effect. And, and, and what happens, and I'm sure that's, again, by individual state. Right,
2: right, but then going past that, you know, it, it's <coughs> gonna become a question of, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things to be unwound for this because, you know, you hear that different states have different uh, regulations as far as, you know, what is considered an abortion? Is it is it the full medical procedure? Is it giving, you know, the plan B or the morning after pill? There's a lot of discrepancies state by state on what that is.
1: Right. And, and, and you know what the if, if you had to do a state by state analysis which I'm sure someone's going to do very quickly sure I think uh, that'll be interesting so you, you you'd have to check yeah. your state law to determine what what right. you know if you're a healthcare provider what would be the appropriate sure. thing to do or not do. Um, based on, on that triggering law.
2: And then there's also talking about what are the exceptions. So some states have exceptions for if there's a medical emergency. Some states have exceptions if, if it puts the, the, the fetus or the, the mother in danger. Some states have exceptions for rape and incest. So, again, that state-by-state state survey is going gonna, is gonna to really be important to see, you know, how things, how things pan out.
1: Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, I think there are some states that have the exceptions also for the health of the mother. So in other words, if there's a life-threatening incident that the mother could be in in physical jeopardy, you know, that that could have some, you know, triggering effect to that. So I think it's state-specific, you know, but we just have to figure out what what state, what the trigger is for that state. Sure,
2: and then just in Louisiana today, there was a House committee, I was listening to it, a House committee that's trying to add language to the criminal code, where if an abortion is performed, it's not only... A civil violation really on on your medical license, but it could also be a criminal code. And they, I think they're trying to get it to fall under one of the, I think it was second degree murder. So Louisiana for, for the providers, for the providers. Yes. So they're, they're even trying to, to, to go that far. So, you know, I think that it, this is going to be an evolving topic. And I think one thing that's really going to be interesting with it is What's going to happen from a telemedicine standpoint? Where does this go if we're in Lu- we're in Louisiana and we've got, um, let's say, we have a strict prohibition per se or a very tight prohibition? Um, and I believe, and I haven't verified this, but I believe the nearest physical state where they don't have these prohibitions is Illinois. So, mm-hmm. you know, what occurs if you see a provider in Illinois through a televisit, you know, is that, but then the medication is being shipped here to Louisiana, which is where technically the abortion would be occurring because you'd be taking the medication here to end the pregnancy. So, that's
1: assuming that the medication would be quote unquote illegal to get. I mean, in other words, in other yeah. words, the following, I have be canon with you. I haven't looked at the Louisiana law yet uh, because honestly, I never thought yeah. I would see what's and happening. It, it's right a now. real trick bag because right. now you could have medication
2: that's illegal to prescribe, possess, yes. dispense. Correct. In, in Louisiana, but not in Illinois or New York or California. So you can have it, you can possess it. I mean, I, it's, somewhat similar but somewhat different to the medical marijuana you've got things that are legal to possess and Mm. you know distribute consume in states but but not in others so it's legal to have it in this state but not in that state so you know is it going to be and what if it's prescribed through tele telehealth you know but the patient is here but they're technically seeing a provider that's licensed in
1: illinois that's situated in illinois All, all good questions rory i mean all good questions and ones that i think you know are premature technically because we don't have a real opinion. Correct. Correct. And I guess I, I mean I'm speculating. You know that that I'm a, you know w- w- is this going to go forward? You know I'm trying sure. kind to of, I got some alphabet soup coming out of my mouth, but I just don't know if um, what I've read is going to be the final signed right. opinion. Uh, especially now it's been leaked. I mean you know you would assume you would assume that the that the Supreme Court would. You know, either stick with this. Or I don't. I don't know. But uh, anyway, whatever happens, if it does get overturned from a procedure standpoint, then I know. I know Louisiana does have a triggering law. Yep. And so I know. You know, based on that, we would have to look and see if the, for example, the Plan B medication, because that's really the only thing that would apply on a telemedicine standpoint. Sure. Uh, is that medication, and if that does apply? Boy, is that going to be interesting? If people do that and 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 do, in other words, do a telemedicine service sure. and are prescribed, and does that remote physician, where it's legal in in Illinois, for example, somehow does that apply to him or her if it's illegal in Louisiana?
2: Yeah, I think that that's going to be a, a big mix that we're going to have to follow.
1: I would posture this though, Rory, because under Louisiana law, under telemedicine even on jurisdiction, it's where the patient is. So in other words, where the patient is located. So even if a physician is out of state, they have to have a telemedicine special purpose license to be practicing that in Louisiana, isn't that correct? So let's assume that they do. And and so if they're doing that and they're offering professional medical services over telemedicine to patients in Louisiana, and that patient in Louisiana is receiving medication that technically is quote, illegal or criminal uh, in Louisiana, then I would, ponder that that physician is also now committing a criminal act and and could be subject to board action and maybe possibly criminal action by the location of the district attorney where the patient's located sure uh, and definitely the board for doing that uh, for prescribing a, an illegal medication via using the telemedicine license they've issued to that physician sure Sure. it it, makes sense.
2: No, it does. And it's a big thing that that I was thinking about. You know, someone made, uh, it was on the news, someone made an analogy, which, again, is somewhat similar but a little bit different as well. Of are you going to have to, as a patient? Let's say it's a big state, you know, um, and depending on where the providers are. But are, say California, are you going to I, you yeah, you you gonna gonna have to? Yeah, are going to have Are you going to have to cross like straight over the border from Arizona to California? And once you're inside the border, then you can get on a tele a televisit or a telehealth call and get it because technically then you're in California. I mean, it, that was a very nuanced question that they had, but. You know, I think it, it's got real, it could have real implications for patients and
1: patient access is a big thing. Well, I guess one thing, if you, let's just, you know, let's just extrapolate on what could happen. So if hypothetically, let's just say that it is overturned and the right of, individu- of individual states to, to govern themselves on this issue through this democratic process is now given back to the states. It's, it's given back to sure. each, each state in the republic. So um, the triggering events occur. So immediately 26 states would now have abortion as illegal in that particular state. So I, I would think that the other states, and usually I, from what I read or what I saw on the news, was that mostly the Midwest and the southern states have banned it and the coastal states have approved it. I mean, I'm mean, speaking very generally, sure. of course. So that would mean that a patient would have to drive, like you just said, across the country to go to, Chicago, you know, Illinois or California yep. or the East Coast somewhere to have an abortion yep. if that is the case. So I, I, I agree. It definitely is an access issue, um, but it's a, it's a tough one. It's a real tough yep. one, you know, without, without getting into the substance of Roe. Sure.
2: Sure. So I think, you know, provider wise, I think it's going to be important for providers to need to know the law to follow this as much as possible, because there could be, you know, big changes that come, even if you're in a hospital setting and you're not a, 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 even just if you're an OBGYN or if you're, if you're a primary care physician, you know, or, and you you have to follow this because it could become overnight where you prescribing some sort of contraceptive or or I don't think it goes as far as birth control but like the Plan B pill like overnight you could be having criminal implications if you you know by not following if this if your
1: state law has something that goes to that level correct
2: correct so i think it's important for everyone to to follow this as close as possible definitely check in with their with their state law with their state attorneys if their if their patient base is something in that, you know, of of females that that could have children because it could be something that could definitely affect them.
1: Agree. I think so. I think I think you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We're going to monitor this. We're going to put this on the table and uh we're going to monitor it and keep just keep ourselves on the pulse of what happens. I mean, how can we not? It's going to be in the news no matter what. Yep. Uh when it comes out. So, uh we'll be on top of this and and we'll let our readers know, our listeners know exactly what happens. And we'll, you know, next, I think the next time we get on air, it, once the decision comes out, let's pull a sampling of some of the states that are triggered and uh, depending on the ruling, if it does overrule Roe and Casey, and then see how that affects those triggering states from a legal perspective as to healthcare providers. Yep, I think it's a great idea. All right, great. Well, look, thank you very much, Rory, for coming on the show today and everyone else who's listening in to Health Law Talk here at Shahardi Sherman-Williams. You've got two of the best health care attorneys in the area, Rory Bellina, Conrad Meyer, giving you the latest and greatest updates on health care news, legal policy, you name it, in the healthcare field. Stay tuned and we'll see you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman-Williams. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel. Make sure to give us that five-star rating and share with your friends. Shahardi Sherman Williams is providing this podcast as a public service. This podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice, nor does this podcast establish an attorney-client relationship. Reference to any specific product or entity does not count as an endorsement or recommendation by Shahardi Sherman-Williams. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own, and their appearance does not imply an endorsement of them or their entity that they represent. Remember, please consult an attorney for your specific legal issues.